0: You're listening to the Arizona Field Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back. So today we have a pretty cool episode. I know I say that all the time, but they are all pretty cool. But today we have an awesome episode. We're sitting down with Josh Kirchner. If you're not familiar with Josh by name, you've probably seen him on Instagram or YouTube going by the the moniker of the Dialed In Hunter. Uh, And that is a very apt name for Josh. This guy's got it going on. He's got it figured out. Um, And one thing he's really got figured out are Arizona black bears, specifically how to hunt them. Uh, That's exactly why... Uh, We're on here talking today. Um, Josh and I were able to sit down recently at the Ben Avery shooting facility and talk about the upcoming spring bear seasons. And we kind of talk about some tips, tactics, a little bit of history on bears, go on a few tangents. You know, tangents are always always fun. But, uh, yeah, without giving away too much, I am going to press this button here and we're going to dive into a story actually about, uh, it's that Josh is telling me about a previous uh, guest of ours, Mike Cravens. Um, hopefully, you've listened to episode, uh, I believe it was number 10. Um, yeah, it would have been episode number 10, uh, where Josh is actually talking about the story of Mike's first bear. So, uh, it's definitely a lot of laughs. Josh is a great guy, and um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. But without too much further ado, let's dive right in.
1: Yeah, you just you edit. Yeah, just just it. It. So, yeah. anyways, so, so we, we go and grab this cup of coffee. And we're talking bears for hours, and most of the units are shut down at that point. It's like late October, and I knew of one though that was that was still open, but it was going to be a heck of a hike to get in. I knew where the bears were at. And I'm like, well, if you want to, if you got the gumption, you know, and this is about a seven mile hike to get into this area. Michael's a pretty adventurous dude, so he's like... Oh, he'll get it. Oh, now he... So, literally, like, the next week, he goes and he backpacks back in there. And then I get a phone call at, like... I think it was, like, 8.30 at night or something like that. And it's Michael. (laughs) He's like, hey, man, thank you so much. I just... I shot a bear today. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? He told me the story. He... So, it was awful weather. And um basically he felt like he was sending me videos of just like these landmines of bear scat just all over the place in this area that i told him to go so he finds and i told him so i was like go here and then just kind of look for like bears love working canyons it, they're kind of like roadways and that's how i see them at least i'm like look for like a like a feeder drainage that kind of heads to that area that you're at so he does that and he, and he walks up he, he walks up that feeder drainage and he finds a fresh track. He's like, "All right, sweet." So he goes and he starts. He starts. It's real thick country. So I told him, I was like, "In that thick country like that, that you can't glass, they are susceptible to predator calls. That's a great way to call it, to kill a bear." So he sets up and he starts calling. And ten seconds into him calling, he hears like this like violent rustling in the in the brush ahead of him, and a deer pops out. <laughs> He's like, what? And it was like a, it was a Kuzdo, and he's got her attention for a bit. She goes off, and he keeps calling, and literally like right after that, more rustling comes, and this bear comes barreling out 10 yards away and gets up on a rock, and Michael shoots him from 10 yards away Holy with his beautiful. rifle. So, like, <laughs> he, he, he went. So, from there, so he had to go. So, he had to go. He went seven miles to get in there. Then he had to pack out seven miles for the first load. Then he went seven miles back in to get the second load. Then pack seven miles back out with the last load. So, like, I was like, I got to give it to you, man. I'm so stoked for you. Like, you actually went and did that. You know what I mean? It was his first bear. Man, oh, man.
0: That's, yeah, that definitely sounds like a Mike story.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, the guy, I'm telling you what, man, that dude, like, he had, like, he's got the go in him. Oh yeah. If you're like, all right, yeah, do this, you know. He he. I talk to Michael a couple times a year, and, and he's you know, I'm always like, you, oh, you know, try this, try this. And Michael's the dude that if you if he says he's gonna do something, he's gonna go do it. Yes. He's not. He's not like, oh, I talk about, I'm gonna do this, do that, and then he never does it. No, no, no. Right. That's not Michael. He's gonna go like. So, I
0: we did an episode. Mike and I did an episode like two weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the same thing where he said, you know, he said he's gonna. Do the episode, we're going to do the episode. Um, I didn't see his message until afterwards, but the day before we were supposed to do this podcast, his truck broke or was in the shop. Oh, man. So he wound up meeting me at the bow range, at the Papago bow range. He rode his bike with his dog for 45 minutes (laughs) through (laughs) Mill Street (laughs) (laughs) over by ASU with a bow on his back. And his German short hair, Edward, and rode right through the middle of College Central. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to come up and do this podcast with me. Yeah, I mean, because I'm looking like, man, where is he? And then I saw the message. Oh crap! I should give like after um, I offered him a ride, but it's right before the podcast was getting ready to start. Uh-huh. He must have been already at like Mill University or mm-hmm. something. When, That's when so that, funny. Yeah, because he comes rolling up on this road bike. I'm looking at him like, holy shit, because I know where he lives, and that's not a near, you know, it's, yeah. it's a few neighborhoods away. Yeah. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> so, yeah, when, yeah, no, he's a, in the short time I've known Mike, he's he's a pretty cool dude. Yeah, I, he's a... I, I get a big kick out of him, and um, cause I, did, I never met him until we did a, uh so Quail Forever, we did a partnership with the NAU chapter of BHA, and... uh it was a hunting for hunting for sustainability workshop. Mm. So it was getting new hunters yep. in the outdoors. You know, we had a bird dogs, and that was the first time I ever met Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like Mike and Odell was there, and it was it was a pretty cool amalgamation of mm-hmm. of um, of hunters in Arizona. It was it was pretty badass. We, all the kids got on. I, I call them kids because they're younger than me, but yeah, yeah. You know these these college
1: age. I call everybody kids. It's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. My dad's been in the habit, so anybody I don't know, if I don't barely know, so, oh yeah, this kid. And they gave me like ten years older than me, and yeah. I'm still am calling him a kid. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a, uh, yeah, he. Just getting back on track, Mike can get it.
1: Yeah, no, he's yeah. he's got it at him. He's got the he's got the go, man.
0: So we probably should do a little bit of an introduction. So usually I do this in the, part, the beginning part, but I feel it'll just be better. So today we're sitting down with Josh, and I always feel like I'm getting ready to butcher your name, but I always want to call it Kirchner.
1: You you nailed it. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we're call, we're sitting down with Josh Kirchner, the dialed in hunter. If you're on on social media on Instagram. Um, do you use Facebook? or?
1: I do. Uh, I just kind of use it in tandem with Instagram, though. Um, Instagram is my main thing. I just, like, auto-post to Facebook from Instagram. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind
0: of the way to do it nowadays. Yeah. And then uh, I know you're on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dialed In Hunter on YouTube. Yeah, Dialed In yep. Hunter. Um, so, yeah, we're sitting down with Josh today, and we're kind of just shooting the ball right now. But yeah, uh, the whole purpose of the day is I kind of want to talk about, you know, we got the early seasons coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, most notably Early Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess before we get into that, do you mind a little intro for yourself, background on yourself, whatever you uh, want to yeah, do?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh so yeah, name's Josh kirchner uh live live here in Arizona. I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then I lived a, uh moved to New York for eight years. Um, totally different world from where I live now. And then when I was nine, uh moved out to Arizona and I've been here ever since and um, you know, my dad is the one that kind of got me into hunting and fishing and stuff like that. That's kind of, I've known that ever since I can remember yeah. and back in New York, it was all about, you know, we went fishing a lot on the, in the beat on the beach and stuff. And then we came out here and the first year I was out here, ended up going on my first deer hunt with my dad. It was the first time I ever like slept in a tent or anything like that. And it was wild <laughs> and I couldn't get enough of it. And, um, I just kind of went went full bore i hit like when i got older in my mid-20s i just kind of like really 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 got like clinically obsessed with hunting and stuff and it kind of became my thing and i always joke that like you know like some guys are car guys you know some guys are football guys my thing is hunting like that's my thing (laughs) so and so now we sit here
0: yeah um because, I mean, well, you've, you've ter- taken this and, and you've turned it into a profession Yeah, in some ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so always, really. <laughs> yeah, no, i gotta, I got to pinch myself about that sometimes. So, yeah, no, I uh, shortly after um, really, really diving into hunting, um, I thought it would be a good idea just for, I mean, just on a personal note, um, to kind of keep a diary. Of like, I'm like maybe this will like help me kind of like learn this stuff better. Oh yeah. Because beforehand, like with dad, it was never. It was just always like kind of like annual deer camp thing. You know what I mean? Like go out hunting with dad for deer in October, and then after that, that's kind of where that stopped, right? When I got older, I really I wanted to hunt everything. I thought like doesn't matter what it is, turkeys, black bears, deer, elk, everything. So. I found myself spending more and more time in the field and really trying to, like, figure this stuff out and learn how to do it. And I started keeping a diary, and I'm like, you know what? I wonder if maybe I should start a blog, you know? And it would be, like, a place where, you know, and you have these, like, visions of, like, oh, if I had kids someday, maybe they'll be able to, like, read this stuff, right? right? See what dad did. See, when dad used to be cool, like, this is what he (laughs) used to do, right? So... So I started a blog and called it Dialed In Hunter. I, I literally built the, the website via YouTube videos, like step-by-step step, how to build the oh, website. Oh, YouTube knows all. No, oh, it does. Yeah, you can do anything. Um, and then uh, a couple years into that, uh, I, I mean – Qu- quite frankly, I-, I thought I was writing to nobody. I didn't think anybody was reading what I was ri- writing. Yeah. Uh, a- apparently, people were reading it though, and um, I remember I killed a I killed my first black bear um, shortly after that, and uh, Clay Newcomb the editor of Bear Hunting magazine actually sent me a message and was like, "Hey man, congrats on your bear. I'd love if you wrote an article for Bear Hunting magazine on it." And I was like, "Really? Are you kidding me?" You know, so super honored, you know what I mean? So that was the first article I ever got published. It was it was my bear hunt and Bear Hunting magazine and then after that, um the digital content manager uh Brady Miller of Go Hunt, apparently he'd been reading my blog for a while and he was like, "Would you be interested in doing some writing for Go Hunt?" And that, I went from writing like two articles a year for Go Hunt to now I'll write over 50 articles a year for Go Hunt. And it just kind of like, from that point, it just kind of snowballed. And I was like, I, you know, now I'm a full time freelance writer, content creator, photographer, like all of the above. I'll do a little bit of everything. And it's, I just I, like I said, I, I pinch myself sometimes. I never, you know what I mean. I, all, all I've ever known my whole life is hard work. I roofed for fifteen years. That's tough work, especially in, in Arizona. Yeah. So to me, like getting to sit here and do like you know you write about hunting, that's not work to me. No. So, <laughs> so but it's 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 time consuming nonetheless. So so yeah yeah that's that's what I do now, man.
0: No, that's pretty badass. I mean, you, you said your your first one was about bear hunting, and I know. So in my limited time here mm-hmm. in Arizona, that's actually how I became first aware of you is through bear hunting articles on Go Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was trying to learn how to how to chase bear, and I haven't been successful yet. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was learning how you know how do these bears work? How are they different than East Coast bears that I'm kind of used to? And and. Uh, you know, so hey, maybe somebody's written something on on this Arizona be- on Western bear hunting. I was definitely not expecting to see Arizona specific mm-hmm. bear hunting. Mm-hmm. And then this name kept popping up, you know, Josh Kirchner. Josh mm-hmm. Kirchner was like, Who the hell is just Josh Kirshner? And then followed it on Instagram and mm-hmm. and uh, so I mean to me you've become the bear guy in Arizona in, in a state that's not well known for bear.
1: Yeah, you definitely don't. Like, when people say Arizona, I think the animals that really take the podium are obviously elk. Oh, yeah. Mule deer. We, have, we got the strip. And then coos deer. Yeah. Black, Especially
0: recent recently.
1: Yeah. I mean, black bears kind of fly under the radar. I and mean, a lot of people don't even know that black bears are in Arizona. Correct. People that live here don't know that black bears are in Arizona oh no I run into people
0: all the time oh yeah it's like oh yeah I'm gonna go bear hunt. oh where are you going Utah no it's
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah it's and then another cool thing um I just want to touch on this because I'm a wildlife guy and I always got to talk about wildlife Mm -hmm. stuff is what percentage do you think of black bears in Arizona are actually black
1: I don't think this
0: this kind of a left field question. No, 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 no.
1: That's a that's a great question. So, from my personal experience, um, from seeing other people's videos and then from you know me glassing up bears and stuff like that, there is there is a high probability that a bear is going to be a color phase bear here. Yeah, we definitely have a good amount of black ones though. Like, all of my bears are black besides one. Okay. And it's, it's so but I think that has uh, I think that has to do with locale. Yeah. Okay, so like I feel like if ba- like bears aren't ha- spending a ton of time they were born, you know, possibly at a lower elevation, they're spending a ton of time more in desert country. Maybe those bears are more Color phase bears because that helps them survive better in lower, right, lower they elevations. Higher survivability, more camouflage. But if you go to places like Oregon, okay, there's color phase bears in Oregon, but in the places that are like more like rainforest, yeah, being a black bear makes more sense. Right, right. Dense, that dense, dense, dense underbrush yeah. and. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't have a, uh, an exact answer for you, but I've seen quite a few color phase bears in Arizona. <laughs> and then just in case somebody doesn't know, color phase means color phase. So, yeah. So this is a big misconception. Uh, we, so black bears are not always necessarily black. And when I say black bears, I'm talking about the species right. black bear versus Americanus. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, if a, a black bear can be brown, and, and a lot of times when people do, oh, that's a brown bear, right? No, I've had arguments with people about this. <laughs> I, okay, so I got married. Check this out. Side tangent. I got married at uh, at a campground in uh, right around Prescott. All right, it was a, we rented out this like big campground. We got married. My wife's uncle is driving up the road, and it's May. Okay, spring spring is in full swing. Bear crosses the road and it was a cinnamon. Yeah. All right. He goes, Oh, I saw a brown bear. I'm like, You, you mean like you saw like a black bear, but it was like brown. Right. He's like, No, no, no. It was a brown bear. I know what I saw. <laughs> I'm like, No, it, those don't exist here. You know? right. So, so yeah, no. The black bears, I mean, you can find, I've seen uh, black bears red, chocolate, blonde. Uh, I've seen them. Brown with like blonde blotches all over them look like they got in a fight with a can of paint thinner, yep. you know what I mean? Um, so uh, yeah, black bears are not always necessarily black, and those are called color phase bears.
0: Have you seen the the spirit bears? Like, at least the photos of the spirit like, bears, wh-
1: like white, blue. Yeah, type the,
0: of the blue bears, the mm-hmm, glacier bears. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, those are wild. Yeah,
0: those are pretty cool. I guess they somebody shot one as far east as like uh, uh, Ontario, Ontario, oh, oh, really? Canada. Yeah. Oh wow. Kind of, I always think of them like Vancouver, yeah. you know, that far western edge of, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, BC. Mm-hmm. But just in that color phase, that's out there is you know the blue bears. Yeah, just a, they're just if you have like talking to folks at home, not even, <laughs> if you haven't seen them, look up glacier bears, spirit bears. Yeah, I don't.
1: I, think it was just, I don't know any other names for. I them, recognize but, it from Spirit Bear. If you Google that or whatever, it probably yeah. Because yeah, I think
0: um, I think in. The professional circles, just because that's more what I'm used to. I think mm-hmm. they're called glacier bears mm-hmm. a lot, but I've always heard them. The names are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, what you're trying to get at, or what you are getting at, is you know because brown bears, you know Ursus arctos or Ursus arctos horribilis in terms of of uh, grizzly bears mm-hmm. versus Ursus americanus. Yeah, because I mean brown bears, they're pretty well brown. Like I don't know, I don't know of any color phase brown no. bears.
1: No. They are like they are what they are. <laughs> right, right. Because you got because I don't think Kodiaks are a subspecies. I don't think. They're... Yeah, no. So I- I'm not super familiar with like grizzlies and Kodiak er, Kodiak bears and everything like that, but um they are from from my understanding, it's like brown bears. Like one of them is coastal and one of them is inland.
0: Right, which is the. Would I I mute myself. That's the that's the grizzly bears, grizzlies and brown bears.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I think Kodiak is. I don't I don't know if it is a subspecies. I mean, I'm sure somebody well, will fact check us. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: because oh. that's what I'm thinking. Because I know they're they are considered a coasty, mm-hmm. but. You'd think, at being icily looked at, they'd have something going on.
1: Something, yeah. They're giant,
0: right? You know? <laughs> right. At what point are they different than the brown bears, the coastal brown bears in Kamchatka, yeah. in, in Russia? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just. That's how my mind's going. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, because um, Ursus arctos is for for folks listening. Ursus arctos is coastal brown bears, and then Ursus arctos Horabilis is grizzly bears because they're just a subspecies of Mm -hmm. of coastals um which literally translates to the horrible brown bear because early pioneers (laughs) were so they're they're getting killed by them pretty much so they were so they were known as ursus arctos horribilis the horrible brown bear just because of their very short temper yeah (laughs) um i remember reading like pioneer articles or stories here in arizona Mm -hmm. because the white mountains had had silver tip grizzlies Mm -hmm. in them and you know I uh, remember reading one particular this, um, I think it was a miner's camp. Uh, they got raided by an Apache band. I think it was the Mescalero. Apaches were raiding them. They were back you know, on the warpath. And I think this was before Geronimo. Mm-hmm. I think this was, that was like back in the day, like Magnus Coloradus. Um But so these miners are trying to get the, get the heck out of Dodge kind mm-hmm. of thing. And while they're trying to get away from the Apache, they uh, there was also a silver tip in the area that was taking guys out, mm-hmm. in addition to them getting killed by by the, the Apache band, mm-hmm. and that was because if guys don't realize, because we don't, cause it's kind of funny. Arizona, we didn't have bison, but we had grizzly bears.
1: Yeah, we did have grizzly bears. Yeah. And nowadays,
0: we have bison, but we don't have grizzly bears. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. well, they're talking about. I mean, I don't know if they'll do it, but they're talking about reintroducing them in areas, uh, particularly. Uh, I think the blue. The Blue Primitive area. Oh,
0: see, I wasn't aware of
1: that. And then also, because we used to have grizzlies on Escadilla. yeah, up there. That was where the last grizzly was killed in Arizona. So
0: actually, I don't think I knew that part either. That's yeah. where the last one was.
1: was yeah, taken. if you read uh, Sand County Almanac. Yep. Yeah, the the story is in that book about that last grizzly, and it's really it's a really cool story. I'll have to go back and read my copy because I've got it. I've read that. I, don't, I still don't
0: remember that story but I've read 10 of a couple times I got drilled in it us in school <laughs> but yeah yeah but I guess um going back to black bears one more color face so the black bears in Arizona that you've seen um I mean the the, the black, black bears, mm-hmm. uh, are they straight black or do they have uh, like any white on their chest or
1: yeah 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 so uh, some of them do some of them will have a white patch on their chest um, also another thing that kind of varies is the color of their muzzle. Some some will have like a straight brown muzzle. Some will have a straight black muzzle. So, I have a buddy that's like obsessed with like, he like wants like a jet black with a black muzzle. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, um, yeah. The, the first bear I ever killed actually had a white patch on his chest. A big boar. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, because um, I remember back in New York, So uh, you might have seen it when you were living in New York City, but in the Catskill Mountains, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever went up, up mm-hmm. there while you were there, but um, and as far as New York bears are concerned, uh, they have a, they, almost all the Catskill bears have that white on their chest between their oh, front really? legs. They call it the Catskill Blaze. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's just kind of like a little local thing, because it's kind yeah. of like their own little subpopulation. although them and the Allegheny population have kind of melded over the past
1: oh, twenty cool. years or now, so yeah, it's it's white. It's it's always a like a plus, you know. It's like it's that you know it's like some have like a white V on their on their chest right there. It's always yep. kind of cool to find.
0: Yeah, they always there's always something a little bit different. It looks kind of like a lab cross. Yeah, with yeah, a, a black lab cross, it has that white on the chest.
1: Yeah, it it and what's, and it's always. So I said it's always, like, a nice surprise because you don't necessarily know it's there until right. you, like, walk up. Because they're not nec- – unless you see them stand up on their hind legs and they show them – show their chest to you. <laughs> right. Which, which is a possibility. Which is a possibility. Especially you know. if you're Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Picking bears at 10 yards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we probably should talk about a little bit more about hunting bears instead of just talking about the bears themselves. Yeah. Today. No, that's <laughs> – Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh – all right. So – well, I guess we're going to start from the ground floor. So, if you're going into a new unit,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, doesn't really matter which unit. But we're kind of specifically to this early season because this is what the next mm-hmm. next go around. Because we're well, what two days we have? March. I mean, so bear yeah. season's
1: in end of March.
0: Yeah, what three? All oh, just shy of three weeks away. Nineteenth, mm-hmm. I believe it. Opens right 19th of March and
1: unit like 22, I think is the first one that opens. Or, I don't recall the exact date, I probably should have looked that up before we started talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like, going, you said somebody's gonna fact check somebody's us anyway.
1: gonna fact check. Us. Yeah, it's always yeah. like the end of March, like 24th yeah. or something like that. I don't know, but
0: anyway, it's coming up. Yeah, yeah, um, so that's kind of what I want to gear this towards. And so, say you're going to a new unit, mm-hmm. uh, what are the first steps you're taking
1: to, to figure this out? So, uh, what I'm doing, uh, this really depends on like what kind of hunt, like what kind of experience you want. Right. Like, so I like, I like springtime for me is really all about backpack hunting. I really like to backpack hunt during the springtime because in Arizona, um, a lot of times water is still running during that time Mm -hmm. because of runoff, um, and it's just a beautiful time to be out so i'm looking for big tracks like wilderness areas and stuff of roadless country that i can hike miles into and go sleep in the dirt for a bit um as far as features that i'm looking for on maps for like for bears that kind of scream bears to me bears really like basically the nastiest country that you could you can find Okay, so I'm, I'm not looking for rolling hills or anything. I'm looking for steep, deep, nasty canyons. Okay, um, I said earlier kind of like, you know, that like I look at canyons as roadways for bears. And the reason I believe that, I've just, I've seen so many bears just walking the bottoms of canyons. Yeah. And that's where I find the most bear sign. That's where I get the most pictures of bears on trail cameras. Okay. Um, and I think it's just for them, it's like the most secure place that they can be. Right? In the, they're in the bottom of this nasty cut. The only way anything is gonna see them if it's up top with binoculars. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like looking down. So I like finding like big drain like big main drainages with feeder feeder drainages that come off of it. So fingers. Yeah. All right. So the reason I look at that is because generally that main drainage is gonna have some sort of main water source that's running through the bottom of it and the feeder canyons offer the bears an ability to get away to get away from that main spot and kind of like maybe they go and bed up in these feeder canyons and stuff like that all right and in general a, a east west running main drainage is going to offer a bear a, a, a south face and a north face okay so the reason why that's that's important for springtime is Because of green up. Right. All right. So south face, that's where the grass is going to come up first, okay? And that's what black bears are going to be keyed in on when they, they quote unquote, like wake up from sleeping. Right. Is because they have to get their digestive tract moving and they do that with grass. So, they're going up and trying to find like the greenest, freshest grass that they can. And, they, and you, you see a bear that, that's eating grass, I mean, it's like, like he's like a lawnmower. <laughs> okay. Like he's, like he's like a cow. he will just sit there and just ba 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 and just zigzag all over the hill eating grass. So, that's what I'm looking for first is like, so you got that water. Water is really important for bears. And then grass. The north face offers them bedding area. Because in general, north faces are going to be more dense with vegetation, right. offers more cover. So, obviously, there are there are uh, rules are made to be broken, right? Always. Okay? But in general, that's where I'm starting. Okay? And it, it, I feel like you start there. Okay, now you now you have something to work off and you can, like, suss out, like, how to work this area. East faces are another thing that's, like, that gets the sun first in the morning. Right, right. So that's another spot that grass is probably going to come up first. So th- that's what I'm talking about. There's a lot of little side things that you can you can dive off into in terms of like topography and stuff. But main, my main focus is what I laid out before.
0: And then for this, I'm gonna, I'm just assuming, but you're probably glassing this or not still hunting like that.
1: Sorry, I should that should have been more specific about that. So that basically, what I'll do is I'm looking for areas. So um, the, the, the cool thing about spring bear hunting is it's not really a first light, last light thing. Mm-hmm. Like those are great times to look for bears, but because it's the springtime, I mean, you see bears all, you'll see bears all day long.
0: Right. let see, they're trying they don't have a time limit on getting that digestive tract.
1: Right. And, and, and it they're not dealing with like in August, you know, you fast forward de- de- down the season to August when it's blazing hot. That's a f- that is a first hour of the day, last hour of the day hunt. Right. Well, Pretty, we're in a black coat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. You'd be bedded up too. Right. right. <laughs> okay. So, so But the springtime is nicer weather. Like we see bears at all different times during the day. So what we're doing is I'll, I'll get out and I'll be able to like, I'll glass that grass, that south face, mm-hmm. th- and I'll I'll dang near sit there all day at, just looking at that. I'll hunt glass for bears all day long from a tripod. Um and, and just kind of really peer through these, like, what bears will often do is they'll come out and they'll feed in these, like, uh, these little meadows and stuff with grass. Mm-hmm. And then they'll retreat in maybe for an hour or two to sleep. And then a lot of times they'll come back out, get another little bite, go back in. And bears will do that, like, on and off all day a lot of times. Okay. You know, so. So
0: going from a gear perspective then, are you... Are you running something like a big set of 15s to try to like peer into those shadows? Or I probably that...
1: should. I don't, though.
0: <laughs> well, that's going be my next question. Is With that, I'm kind of thinking you'd be better
1: off running a wider field of view set, like a set of good 8s or 10s. So that's what I run is 10s. Uh, and I like I like running 10s because I like they fit well on my chest. They're not too heavy. You can freehand them um, without a ton of shake. I put 10s on a tripod, and then once I do spot something, the good thing about a bear is it's – It is a vastly different animal to glass than a coos deer. Oh, yeah. Okay? A bear is going to stick out. Like, if a bear's there and he comes out feeding, you're going to see him. Right. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) um, But uh, because of that, I really don't, like, 15s would be great for covering just big, giant country. But a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm setting up on, like, uh, you know, like, the feeder canyons that come off of those main drainages, a lot of times there'll be a basin in the back of that. Right. I'm I'm gonna glass. I'm gonna set up so I can glass that that in the basin. Right. Because right, the
0: way I'm picturing it is that you're probably only glassing a mile at most. Yeah. Probably like half mile, three quarter mile kind of country. About a mile, which is easily doable with, especially with a you know a stark black mm-hmm. you know high, heavy contrast animal. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean that's even like koozie with with tens. Yeah. I mean, and that in that kind of that yeah, kind of tightness.
1: Um, they they move a lot though,
0: right? Which definitely helps on yeah. picking them out.
1: Yeah. They, uh,
0: and then I guess while I'm on this, the
1: optic subject, do you also carry a, sc- a scope? I do. Okay, I do. And I, not I don't do it because I need it in terms of like. Uh, like like hunting purposes. I really I just I really like phone scoping them. Oh, okay. So it just helps me like it gets like I can get like sweet videos of bears and stuff with spy scopes. Plus um, I guess this does go towards a tactics thing. It, it it bears are really hard to judge how big they are. Well, and then my other thing was judging gender. You, this is what I'm getting at. Okay. So, so, so a spotting, so a spotting scope is going to really help out in that regard because you're really going to be able to watch that animal walk around and see, like, g- like generally, like, like sows are going to have sows are going to be kind of pear shaped, right? Right. So, like, from their head, it's going to be their body's going to be thinner, and then they get toward you get towards the back end, and it widens out, right? And they got this like big butt. A boar, and then a lot of times their their stomach, so you can see that in the butt, bo- their bottom of their stomach, their stomach will drop down, yeah. right? So it looks like a pear. A boar will oftentimes have like a straight belly. Okay. Okay. And another thing, a boar, like a key, kind of thing that a boar has that you can look for is like a crease in his forehead. All right. Wide, small ears. You know, ears that are s- f- super far apart. This is how you can tell, like, if a bear is big, pretty much. And that's really hard. That is harder to do with tens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, because um, the other thing, man, is, like, part- like a lot of times, so I'm, I am bow hunt a lot. So, for me to be like, oh, I got a bear over here, is a bear worth going after?
0: <laughs> right, because <laughs> like, you, you mentioned these deep, dark canyons. Yeah. Mean, that's a they're a pain in the rear to cross. <laughs> it is, yeah. So, so I'll,
1: being able to watch a bear walk around, like like smaller bears are, um, they they're real, um, they're kind of they're a lot more spunky. They so they walk around a lot quicker and stuff right and so see watching the mannerisms of them you can be like okay like that's a that's a younger bear a lot of times those bears will have bigger ears more closer together yep. and stuff you know just thinner heads Right, some big ones mean they're
0: not going to waste energy i mean no be they, very
1: energy efficient no yeah the bigger bears move they're they're quite sloth-like like yeah. they they kind of just kind of sway they have this lumber to them as they're kind of walking around and a lot of times bigger bears you'll see them like how they put their feet down yeah they go Whew. people can't see what i'm doing right now on the podcast yeah. but basically <laughs> what i'm doing is i'm like they'll they'll stomp their feet into the ground and you can you'll see like fat jiggle like through their body and you see that you're like that's a that's a big that's yeah. a big bear <laughs> you know what i mean because <laughs> then and then you can
0: tell me if i'm wrong because i feel like more folks should probably have probably seen raccoons mm-hmm. and that's how i kind of always kind of comparing them body-wise not so much with the a little bit with the ears but the ears are less pronounced on a raccoon Mm -hmm. but i always kind of figure a bear is nothing but a big ass coon um but i'm kind of pitching the same that same manner of say walking you know a small younger raccoon Mm -hmm. longer legs and it's very quick it's very agile that's what then like i think everybody's seen on like youtube or whatever um Mm -hmm. or facebook the the photos of the big you know lazy pat raccoons Mm -hmm and they've got that different manners and the way they walk it's mm-hmm. it's that um you know their, their shoulders kind of shuffle more and yep. their their butt kind of moves back and forth and they have that more deliberate way of walking yep and then i'm just saying for so folks if they sure, can't sure. picture what we're trying to say yeah, that's I, I kind of picture more as a manners and everything i have always grown up thinking of them as a giant raccoon mm-hmm. and then same thing a raccoon isn't but a tiny bear
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: because <laughs> you get a, <laughs> you get a pissed off raccoon pound for pound there's not much less that I want to deal with
1: yeah, you bet. yeah yeah you bet no they're they're super cool to watch and the more that you watch them the more you can like kind of pick up on these things a lot of times it's very very hard like when you see like a big big bear you know you're looking at a big big bear Yeah. and if you see a real small bear you know you're looking at a small bear the ones yeah. in between though right those are the hardest ones to tell like oh is that a boar is it a sow you know what i mean like i got a buddy like he he like not to be like vile at all but like he can like a lot of times he can see like a penis on yep. the boar you know as he's like walking around and stuff as a guide, that's super important for, like, him to be able to do. Like, he's got to be like, okay, that, that is a boar or it is not a boar, 100%. Right. Um, but, you know, everyone gets fooled. Like, I, I, dude, I killed a sow a couple years back. We could have swore it was a boar. Right. I sent the photo to Clay, the the editor of Bear Hunting Magazine. He's like, oh, it looks like a nice boar. That was a sow. It was just an old sow. Right. Just stout, and you it, know.
0: Yeah, I mean- uh, I mean, it fooled two of you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially the guy that you know he writes about bears for a living. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I guess we should probably say why is this important, especially in Arizona, to differentiate between a boar and a sow. Um.
1: So okay. So it's not something I want to clear the air with first. Okay. Is you can absolutely shoot a sow if you want to. Right. You're. You cannot shoot a sow with Cubs. That's illegal. All right, but the reason why like the differentiating boars and sows is kind of is on a lot of folks' radar is Arizona has a sow quota limit. All right, each unit, each bear unit in Arizona has a quota of sows that are that are allowed to be harvested. Once that unit meets its sow quota, that unit will shut down the following Wednesday at sundown from that point. Okay, so we have a mandatory check-in process. You kill a bear. Uh, you need it. You need to go down to the Game and Fish Department. And they're going to take a tooth. They're going to they're going to do the whole nine yards, and you're going to check your bear in. Um, for guys that are hunting, you know, five guys in a group, okay, and they're like, okay, you know, we're going to go out every weekend or whatever. If they got like a good spot, right, and like the the sow limit is only two in that unit. If those dudes shoot two sows, the other three guys aren't going to get to hunt that spot later in the month because those <laughs> dudes shut the unit down. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of like on a personal note, but also like sows, you know, kind of encourage people to shoot boars and stuff like that. Big boars will often um, prey upon cubs right and stuff um, so and, uh, shooting a boar is
0: going to impact
1: doesn't it, it's going to impact the th- yeah.
0: population less
1: it's going Im- yeah so on a biological note it's going to impact the population less sows you know you're you're killing i mean the, sow, the sows don't go uh, into heat every single year yep. from what i understand
0: yeah it's the year after the the cubs have left
1: yeah yeah so which that could take a year or two right so that's a significant impact on like population and stuff like that so there's nothing wrong with shooting a sow, but, you know, we kind of try to right. look for Yeah, bors. try to...
0: Yeah, because it, it does help everybody... Because in addition to... Because you mentioned the, the, the units will have the quotas, mm-hmm. but there's... A um. there's actually two quotas in, yeah. in, in some respects in, in that there's the season quota
1: mm-hmm. and then there's a year quota. There's an annual quota. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you can sometimes hit that annual quota by the second season. Cause I mean, some of these units are having five bear seasons, if yeah. you remember, right? four or five seasons. Yeah. In a year.
1: And that, and that's something that's happened, man. I've, you know, the first, you know, our first fall season opens, uh, usually around like August 8th or 10th, something like that. Yeah. In yep. some units. Um, there's been units that have hit their annual limit right on that hunt. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, now everybody doesn't get to hunt that unit for the re- until next year, you know? So. Um, and then how do folks
0: know if their unit – they, if they're saying, oh, yeah, I want to go bear hunting,
1: mm-hmm. on," you know, I'm going this Saturday. Yep. How do they find out if their unit is open or not? So there's a – so we have a bear hotline in Arizona – um, it is your responsibility as a bear hunter to call that hotline. You can also uh, look at this online now, I'm pretty sure. I'm kind of old school, and I just call the—
0: <laughs> I still call the phone number. I call the phone number.
1: Yeah. Um, but i got to
0: my phone anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely,
1: me too. Um, and they'll lay out for you, like, oh, okay, unit so-and-so is going to close on the 23rd at sundown or whatever, so you know, like what units are in, are closed and what units are open at that point, and then you need to go call that before you go bear hunting. The good thing is, is that if the unit that you want to hunt doesn't close down on, you know, whatever Wednesday, units always shut down on sundown Wednesday at sundown. Right. If you want to hunt X unit and it's not shut down at that point, you know you have at least a week to hunt that unit. Yeah. Right. And you don't need to call. Like you can hunt from that Wednesday to the following Wednesday, and you're totally fine. Right, right. But you need to make sure before you go.
0: Then I did pull up my phone, so because um, you can pull this up, the phone number online, mm-hmm. or it's in the it's in the regulations book. But I'm not sure if it's in all the regs books or just the bear books that come on so, spring.
1: So well, it's, there's a so there's a spring regulations, and then there's a like a um, it's kind of like the main regs. The general, the, yeah, the, the, the general, general regs. one. Yeah. The fall seasons are located in that regulation book in
0: that yeah because that's one thing about arizona is that there's like four or five different books that you have to pick up throughout the season because the elk and pronghorn have their own book mm-hmm. the springs have their own book actually i guess there's three books and yeah. then the general mm-hmm. the fall seasons but the the number is 1-800-970-2327 so 2327 there you go um and I, just, I keep that my phone is arizona bear check yep and then on the same note i'm just going to Talk about real quick is there's the there's also one for if I need to pull it up Lions they have their own which is one eight seven seven four three eight oh four four seven and then Lion have their own check number yep but they don't and I think because of the last because that's new with
1: Lions. I, it I don't want to make this podcast
0: about Lions, but just while we're on the tech subject. Yeah,
1: no, that is, that is new for Lions. You used to not have to do that. Yeah, it was like last three years, I think. It's, they changed it, yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, we
0: won't go too far into Lions yeah, that's a yeah. whole nother. <laughs> Uh, big cat hunting in the West is a whole another animal. Oh, it's yeah. literally, but it's the hunting aspect is it's it's something else. It's yeah. probably one I should do one of these days, get a hold of a houndsman or somebody. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do a lion one. But uh, back to bears. So that's your main way to glass. Do you ever do any other tactics? Are there any other tactics worth trying in the springtime? So I know um, in the story you're talking about with Mike, you mm-hmm. talked
1: about um, predator calling. Is mm-hmm. that apply in the springtime? So uh during the later spring it's gonna be a lot more effective um because of the we have you know we'll have the fawn drop that happens. Um fawns and calves are dropping. So bear a bear smells that that's a that's a dinner bell, you know what I mean you know what right. I mean? So so that's a great time to get out and Predator call. Um, and bears will oftentimes you know kind of slink their way in and the predator calling thing man is like really i think more about um just persistence because like i got a buddy like he's he eats sleeps and breathes predator calling bears and hit like that dude calls all day long you know and he'll call you know just like go over here call for an hour straight 45 minutes to an hour straight that's kind of how you want to call for bears
0: right it's not like calling coyotes where stain is like 20 minutes yeah
1: no you, you want to call for a long time because bears get get sidetracked <laughs> okay <laughs> they get distracted they they really do like they, they you know if you like I've heard stories of guy that, that guy right there you know he'd be like see a bear way off call bears running at him like a dog and then he stops calling and then the bear gets distracted by some juniper berries or something like that <laughs> you know what I mean then he starts calling again so you gotta like keep it up keep it up keep it up um and and they'll and they'll work their way in and and it's uh it's it's tough it is but it can absolutely be done i've called bears in and stuff you know and like you're not going to call in every single bear that you see in my opinion which i think kind of runs in tandem with elk like you're not going to call in every single belt bull right
0: some bulls are killable
1: some aren't yeah Yeah. so that's kind of how the bear thing goes so
0: in that in that regard then uh do you Prefer to glass, and then if you can't, like, say you can't get to them mm-hmm. for a bear shot, you prefer to try to call them to maybe bring them to you, or would you rather go into a canyon and start like
1: blind calling, not knowing one's there first? So I've done both, and I've and I've called bears in both ways. Um, we glassed up a bear a couple of years back. This is during the fall season, but we glassed up a bear a couple of years back eating prickly pears, and I worked my what my original plan was to just stalk this bear with my bow and stalk into range and shoot him. Well, come to find out, bear moved as I was going towards him. And we kind of were two ships passing in the dark. He was in the bottom of a canyon. We kind of walked past each other, didn't even know it. And then I see him going up the other side of the canyon, and he's like 350 yards away. And I'm like, well, you're not going to, I'm not going to catch up to the bear. You know, big bear's no whammies. So I pulled out my predator call and started squawking on it. And that bear stopped on a dime looked at me and just charged up from 350 yards away and in about two minutes he was at 40 yards (laughs) and the only reason and i was about to pull my freaking bow back and then he winded me
0: (laughs) 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 well you got big but you didn't get big by being dumb yeah yeah. (laughs) so
1: so um but then i've also like i've i've called in bears you know blindly and all all you're doing by doing that is you know you can get out and do some do some scouting around you know do some hiking around find bear sign and stuff go into just just general bear habitat and just set up call for 45 minutes to an hour straight then move you know 300 yards 400 yards down the way and do it again and just and just keep doing that you know and and eventually you're going to end up calling one head you know like, <laughs> sooner or later sooner or later it'll it'll work so so when it comes to calls
0: do you maybe not a specific brand, but do you have a specific style you like to use more? Because I'm thinking like coyote calls is I'm picturing two kind of kinds. Of, I, I like open read, like mm-hmm. ones you can howl on for coyote mm-hmm. calls, but I used to squeal on them. Mm-hmm. I always called them squealers and squallers. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you prefer one over the other?
1: So I do. So, you know, it's kind of funny about this. Like everybody asks me this. Like, oh, what do you, like jackrabbit or like what is it? Or fawn. Which, I mean, honestly, it's all the above. It's all you want to sound. You just want to sound like something getting ripped apart. Right. Okay. Like that, like bears are opportunistic. And if they hear something that's like, quote, unquote, dying and they're hungry and they're within earshot. Yeah. And they don't wind you. <laughs> a lot of times, they're going to come check it out. But there's actually a company. I don't know. I think they're still in business. They're called Arizona Game Calls. They actually have a bear. They have a call called like a bear and lion call. Oh. So i I was turned onto that call by my buddy Keith, um, who's the guy I mentioned earlier. He's just like head over heels obsessed with bear calling. Okay. Um, he turned me on to that call, and you can get loud with that thing, like real loud. It's a hand call, um, which that's another thing. Guys call in bears with electronic calls all the time, but um, from my, I've always used a hand call, and I, and the reason being is because I just think that. I feel like a hand call, you can just re- – it's more realistic.
0: You can emote a lot more. You,
1: you can you can have – there's a lot more emotion in it. It's not on a loop. Yeah. You know, it feels more genuine. Maybe I'm thinking too much into that, okay, but that's just how I see it.
0: Yeah, and I, can, I can definitely see that because, I mean, especially with the durations that you're calling, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these – and I might be wrong – but in my experience with electronic calls, they're generally geared for those really short coyote stands mm-hmm. where, you know, it's it's blasting, cla- you know, it's, it's, you know, you're, yeah. you're gone. It's 20 minutes is a long stand, mm-hmm. you know, maybe half an hour if, you know, you can see dogs working in the distance yeah. kind of thing. But, um, you know, 15, 20 minutes is what I used to run for stands when I, back when I did predator call. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but with bear, like you said, it's like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. So that loop comes into play and I don't think and I mean and I think in order to get enough volume mm-hmm. you gotta run something I think your unit's gotta be too big yeah, <laughs> so like, the, yeah. Like, like those Um, I haven't run with like the Iotech IOC Tech they're a newer man. brand but you know I think I just think the Fox Pros are kind of quiet mm-hmm. they're the most packable mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. opinion but like them yeah. Western Rivers and yada yada but um uh Probably some coyote call Listening, to this I haven't heard those names in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because Western Rivers was, yeah, that was back when I was doing it back east. But, there, uh.
1: There's also uh there's also you can get like a cub in distress call. Yep, and that so that would be definitely like a springtime type of thing because boars are oftentimes on the prowl looking for looking for cubs. They'll kill those cubs. Yep. You know what I mean? And there's various theories around that, like. That it'll oh it'll make the sow go back in the heat and the boar can breed the sow like or, or they're just you know it's a food source you know what I mean like right I, so I don't know which one is correct but there's you know people have their theories but it works yeah cause
0: that's the one I always heard um, was that it's it's a it's a breeding thing it's mm-hmm. about um, especially if it's a new boar to the area mm-hmm. and trying to remove the previous boar's genetics from the area so oh there you go can have his genetics. Uh, in in that loop, mm-hmm. um, that's what I, cause It's because it's not just black bears. I mean, all the bears. All I mean, of them do it. All yeah. the predators do. I mean, wolves do it. Bears do it. I mean, freaking tigers in China do it. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. It's it's a that's a behavior that I think goes way back then. Yeah. Than these individual species go. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, <laughs> I gotta. Admit, I just lost my train of thought. I had some place I wanted to go with that. Um, oh. Uh, as. What would you think about so we just, we're just coming out of the havaina seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't know if you guys are still hunting out right now, but most we're pretty much Kinda wrapping up. Yeah. Um
1: a few of the general tag guys are still I think are still out. Maybe maybe they're all wrapped up by now. I think they might have ended. I've I've been out looking for where I'm gonna sleep and for bear season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: but what I'm
1: um but those guys are a lot of
0: running, like, a there's a it's Arizona Extreme, I think. It's it's owned by a cat named Rick Forrest down in Tucson. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's got that J13 Javelina call. Yep. And that's kind of what I was picturing in my head because um, they're a very loud, very emotional, rich call. Yeah. Um, would you have any...
1: Be against using one of those in no. favor of a lion
0: call or no. a bear call?
1: No, not at all, man. Like, like a lot. So how, a lot of times, what we do. It, it, my thing with that is, as long as you can operate it quietly first. Yeah. Okay. Like don't blow them out as soon as you get there. Exactly. So, like, you sat down. So you, you kind of like how I look at predator calling for for, for bear. It, bear is the only thing I predator call for. Right. I don't. You know what I mean. I've called in lions before, but I don't like purposely go out and be like I'm. I'm blind hunting, you know. um Is I try to tell a story, as weird as that might sound. All right, I try to like with the call. It's like okay, you know, you sit down, and you just kind of start quiet, right? Mm-hmm. And then it gets louder, more intense, more intense, more intense, more intense, more intense, and then you die. Yeah. Right, like you're telling a story, so that's kind of, and I just kind of do that over and over again, you know. Um, So, think about it. Yeah, yeah, because that's what's happening, right? Right. Like if that was really what was happening out in the wild, like you were not in the equation, and there was a rabbit being killed by a coyote or something like that, and that bear heard that, he's gonna come check that out. That's exactly what's gonna happen. Yep. You know, so um, that's kind of how I like to do it. And th- so with that call I mentioned, you can operate it co- a little bit more quiet like that. I have started to incorporate some other some other calls in that offer like a little bit of a different sound, like more of a uh, like more of a like a more of a high pitched squeal. Like, meow, meow, like, a whine type of thing right. to start out with, and then switch calls and jump over to something that you can really pour the coals to them with. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's generally that that would be my question. I haven't. I've actually never used the the J thirteen. You know, so I don't. I don't know. It's 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 um. I know what it sounds like. I've heard it okay, plenty. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's a it's a pretty ripping little call. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But because uh,
0: that's that's pretty interesting. Because I was thinking because that would make a lot of sense if you could run something more open reed like at that because you can get really quiet but super high pitched mm-hmm. with an open reed style call mm-hmm. and get on there and then just swap out for that squalor because yep. you can run on that and you ain't got to worry about it sticking you ain't got to worry about your tooth sliding yeah, on the, yeah, reed, yeah. the, the yeah. reed it's just like you said put the coals right to it oh, yeah. and let it burn yep now um so we got glass in these canyons we got uh a predator calling um i guess we'll go ahead and. Uh, circle back a little bit is, so these bears are eating on grass. Yeah. Originally. Um, as the seasons progress, especially cause we're get, we have this early season coming up mm-hmm. and then as soon as that one closes, we have the drawn tags, the archery, I, the, the hunt, I call it the rut hunt cause it goes right into the does, the, yeah. <laughs> the bear hunt, the bear rut in July. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: are your tactics shifting as that hunt progresses? Um, it can can. <laughs> yes. So so as it gets hotter, the cool thing about that tag man that if you draw that is um an Achilles heel of the bear is water. Yeah. All right. So it so that tag now pending it's the unit stays open. Okay, so that has to happen. You can hunt during the hottest, driest part of the year in Arizona. Like June first first half of July it's blazing hot bears are hitting water like mad mm-hmm. so if you can find you know like a secluded water source I mean guys even, they, they even hit tanks they even hit water tanks you know what I mean Um, you find some tracks or something like that and you can set up like bears, bears hit water regularly during that time. So ambush hunting and sitting water is absolutely effective, like very effective. And especially they're coming to you. So you're going to be within bow range, you know, so
0: set up your shot.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, and then another thing, uh, to take into consideration is elevation. Uh, so as it gets warmer, um, so grass is going to sprout at lower elevations first. Right, right. So as it gets warmer, that grass is going to get green, green, green uh, up the mountain, up the mountain, up the mountain. And a lot of times, the bears will follow that. Right. So you can just move up the mountain with them. Like, I mean, in late May and June, we're we're I see loads of bears at eight, nine thousand feet. You know, right. but in the earlier season, like I got a buddy the other day. You know, he spotted a bear. It was thirty eight hundred feet. That's low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, y- you kind of got it. Like elevation is absolutely a key, and you can kind of tailor, you know, your hunt to what you want. If you want to do like, if you want, if you're like, yeah, I'm hung up on this grass thing, just keep moving up in elevation with the grass. But then once once the grass dies off, then you gotta,
0: right? <laughs> then you gotta Shift switch that. your
1: and and so so what they'll move to from that as it gets hotter. A lot of the berries like come into season, like raspberries and stuff like that, and yep. they'll start gorging on raspberries, all right? And you can find, there's wild raspberry patches throughout bear country that you can go and find, mm. and uh, it's a proven way to find bears, all right? Um, and then, uh, like I said earlier, uh, if you have that rut, you, the rut tag, like you said, if you have that, you can, you can predator call during the fawn drop, you know? And that's, like, that's awesome. Yep. <laughs> setting the scene it makes see so like predator calling like using a fawn call during that time it makes sense right it makes it's, a lot more it, sense it's than it's running very, right now <laughs> it's like right but it like not saying it wouldn't work well so if you run it early it, it doesn't make sense because the bear's not going to eat meat
0: right he's not on that his, his digestive system's not on right. that yet. he's
1: on he's on vegetation right so like i've watched bears in the earlier part of the spring obviously like munching on grass i watch them eat manzanita flowers there's a there's like a sweet nectar in there in that flower that they'll eat um and flipping rocks yeah getting like moths and stuff like grubs and stuff just bugs underneath there and stuff like that so yeah you're saying i'm saying moths like it's a like we're in
0: yellowstone on grizzly bears or something (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so that's um Yes, we got them in the springtime. Um, trying to think, like, look at my notes, where else I wanted to go. But uh, is there anything else you'd like to add while I'm trying to find my notes?
1: <laughs> um. No, like, so bear, like, okay, one thing to add here is like bear hunting. Can be in Arizona. It can be very, very stressful. Not stressful, just taxing. Like it's, we are not drowning in bears here. Right. It's a very
0: uh, limited area.
1: You know what I mean? Like, like we we have quite a bit of bear country, but the numbers of bears. You know, we're not sitting on thirty thousand bears or in Arizona. Right. You know what I mean? So, what I'm getting at. The, the the most valuable tool, I think, that a a bear hunter can have is, is persistence. Yeah. Okay. Just this past fall, I went out, or last fall, I went out, and I didn't see a bear, like, get a good look at a bear until the f- fifth day I was out. And at last, that was my last day I was going to be out, and a bear walked out at last light and I got and I got shot. Before that, nothing. Yep. I saw I saw a bear for like a second in a thunderstorm. And that was it. So, it's like like we go out these January deer hunts and stuff like that. You go out and you see oh, I saw eight deer this morning, you know. I saw nine nine deer last night, blah blah blah. The, yep. You might go days and days and not even see a bear. Don't don't get discouraged. Like don't feel bad and quit. Right. Okay. Because it can turn around in a second. You can go like five days and not not see a bear, and then the next day you'll see six bears, and it might even be the same area. Right.
0: So, like, <laughs> so. Cause, I mean, cause the way I'm picturing is, it, it's a low carrying capacity species up front. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's there's only there's only going to be so many bears because they're not. A herd animal, but when you do see them group up like that, it's usually because there's the it's there's a particular food source. It's they feed. Yeah, yeah. Like you got like your manzanitas, or mm-hmm. um, well, I know the big Arizona saying is bears and the pears. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know when the, when the yolks aren't really dropping, so mm-hmm. you know they're down in the prickly pears. But that's more of a a fall hunt. Yeah. Later in the season, kind of thing. So we didn't. So I didn't that's why I didn't want to touch on it. Yeah. This yeah. time, There's probably somebody listening to this going, "What well, bears in the pears? Wrong season. We're Wrong, not talking. Yeah, yeah that's an yeah, yeah,
1: August, September, October yeah, thing. Which
0: maybe we can. We should get back together maybe later in the summer and sure. circle back on that. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, cause I know we, I know you probably have a lot of like your August seasons coming up and. Mm-hmm. Um, but where are we sitting? At right at an hour right now. Um, I guess before we we wrap this thing up, uh, do you have like what's your 2021? looking like do you have anything in particular that you're gunning for oh uh,
1: yeah dude so (laughs) right so obviously like we've been talking like spring bears right around the corner that's one of my favorite times of year so i was up like a week or week and a half ago something like that trudging through the snow miles back in this wilderness area trying to find you know where we're gonna like set up camp and everything like that super pumped going to a new spot um so we're gonna do that i'm gonna do that the first like the first week in april uh, after that, though, I actually have I have two Idaho uh, bear tags. Oh, cool! So I'm gonna go to Idaho end of April into the beginning of May for two for two tags over there, and then uh, come back. Hopefully, I get to go on like a spring bear hunt with a buddy or something, or or I still have a tag and I can go out in Arizona later in mm-hmm. May in early June, if they... The units are shut down though. i might just go to i might go to montana and do spring bear up in there that's they've got really great over-the-counter spring bear opportunity up there and then uh goodness gracious yeah after that i go to utah for mule deer then come back and i go back to idaho for early archery bull in september come back
0: oh you're not doing colorado this year
1: no no i'm gonna do uh i i got a pretty cool tag in idaho so, and I actually went in with a couple of buddies last year to help, like, on a late elk mule deer hunt. Okay. And we were, like, the whole time we were in there, we were, like, man, this looks like it would be really good for September. You know, it's just got, like, it just screamed rut, you yeah. know. So, we made a plan. We, we rented. We got, we're going in with llamas towards the end of September. <laughs> and going in, and we're going to archery, elk, hunt, elk. Archery, elk, hunt, elk. That's yeah. what I just said that, yeah. Yeah. We're going, uh, we're going to archery, hunt, elk. And then, um. And then I got uh, November, I'm going to hunt whitetails in Wisconsin. And then hopefully I draw a late archery bull tag here in Arizona and I can come back and do that. And then I'm not doing nothing for December. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it sounds like that's a busy fall season. You got I mean, you got a hell of spring. Yeah. And then you got all summer to, yeah, that's that's going to be a full year. You're it's, gonna, yeah. You can put some miles on your truck without Oh, like, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, man, oh, man. Can't wait, man.
0: No, so it sounds like you, you definitely got your hands full with that. And, yeah. Um, And I guess with that, uh, so, oh, I did want to, so you, we talked about your social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should probably plug your book while we're here. Oh yeah, that'd be <laughs> shameless yeah. plug.
1: No, yeah, that'd be great. I super appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so I wrote a book. It's actually the year the the year anniversary, one year anniversary is coming up here in March. I wrote a book last March called "Becoming a Backpack Hunter," mm-hmm. and it is uh, a beginner's guide to hunting the backcountry. Um, it's basically if you don't know, like you don't even know, it goes all the way from you don't even know if you want to backpack hunt all the way to you're packing an animal out back to the truck. Like I try to cover everything in between there um, just to kind of try to lay a roadmap for people that are interested in diving into backpack hunting, you know, so that's kind of, yeah, it's on available on Amazon. In print and Kindle if you wanna check it out. Very cool. Yeah, definitely
0: gotta if you're if anybody's interested in, in backpack hunting, you definitely gotta check out that book. Um it's a pretty badass read and uh um well in addition plus you said we wrote you wrote for Go Hunt. You're mm-hmm. right for Go Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um which you have articles both on the insider and uh I know I've, I was reading your stuff before I got on Insider. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, yeah, no, I I do a little bit for Insider. Mostly though, man, I write for the for the free the the free articles that they put out.
0: Yeah, which is awesome for you know, if anybody doesn't want to drop the you know, yeah. pony up for that. Yeah,
1: anybody can go read them. You don't have to be a Go Hunt member to to read those. So if you just search uh, search my name on there, you like my all every article I've ever written pops up onto. Uh, onto their uh website. Yep. And then a couple of yeah, a couple of other couple. you're pointing to this Argali logo right here. Yeah. I was <laughs> <laughs> just trying to do it without interrupting you. <laughs> yeah, no no no, that's fine, that's fine. Uh so yeah, no, Argali, that's another uh, place I write for regularly uh on a monthly basis and um I write for Exo Mountain Gear as well. I've done stuff for First Light, Vortex. You know, try to write as much as I can for for as many people as I can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it's definitely great content and uh I guess well, that's where we're gonna wrap it up here. Unless cool. you got any final thoughts, you wanna that throw out for anybody? Go bear hunting. Go bear. That's <laughs> that's a good way to end it off. <laughs> but all right, Josh, I can't thank you enough. Um, again, look for Josh on Instagram, YouTube, uh, dialed in hunter on both. Yep. And uh, yeah, go check out his content. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you guys later. Awesome. All right. Bye. Oh, mm-hmm.